I dedicate the conversation that unfolded in season two to my friend, Marge Heinrichs. Sixty years ago, I began my life in a southeastern Manitoba town called Rosenort. When I was eight, my family moved to Winnipeg. We often drove back to Rosenort to visit my grandparents' farm. As we drove down the road towards the bridge across the Rat River, we passed Marge and Jim Heinrich's house trailer, a wild and beautiful yard where flowers and vegetables grew together, where dandelions circled fence posts, and where toys and flower pots lived side by side. In contrast, my grandparents' quiet but sincere belief tilled black soil around every tree, measured poker straight rows of peas with sticks and rope, and laid brick boundaries to keep snapdragons safe and trimmed a lilac bush against a white, white fence. Marge and Jim's wild, and my grandparents' tame, I took this in. Every time I, as a little girl, sat in the back of our black LTD, I gazed out of our car window and took in my world. Somewhere, half between my life in Rose North and now, I chose to live with Mark, here on Lowen Hill Farm. A few years in, a house partially renovated and nine months pregnant, it was a hot August early evening and I took a phone call. Three kids had been killed in Rosenort. A combine collided with a truck. One of them being Marge and Jim's son, Tom. Stunned, I stood there with one hand holding the phone and the other my very pregnant belly. Two weeks later, I gave birth to our son, Isaac. During that summer, I also read for the first time Mary Oliver's poem, Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. The day in, day out of being a mother to baby Isaac, I often thought about Marge. I get to hold my son. She can't and never will. Getting wind of the Rosenort town gossip, I heard of the accusations and judgment about the funeral. Kids smoking around the edges of the open graves. Their rituals of the long into the night playing guitar. The lack of an altar call. The squandering of an opportunity to use the fear and rawness of it all to bring people closer to their God. And the unsubstantiated rumors about alcohol. All I could see was her house trailer yard, wild and beautiful. I found a card with an untamed horse on the cover. Inside, I wrote my new discovery of a poem, Oliver's Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair yours, and I will tell you mine. I sent the card and the poem in the mail. A week later, 
I received a phone call from Marge inviting me over for coffee. And these coffees tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine, became our habit. A few months in, Marge told me her daughter Katie was in trouble. This town, the grief, her friends. And since we just had a baby, would we consider taking Katie in as a nanny? And the friendship deepened. As Marge and I became co-mothers to Katie and then co-grandmothers to Alex. And, and... Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. That has me remember the time Marge came back from a trip to B.C., with her four-year-old grandson, Alex, with this story. As we were driving along, I said to Alex, who was in the back seat, Look how beautiful this all is. And my prairie boy shouts over the seat, I can't see, Grandma. The mountains are in the way. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Marge and Jim come over to our place for a community celebration, like they often did. She and I lean up against a cupboard in the kitchen, and she gives me a CD, a collection of all the pictures she has taken over the years at our solstice parties. And then she tells me she has never felt so at peace with each of her kids. Bonnie, it'll happen for you, too. The weekend goes by. Monday, and then Tuesday, and into the evening, and I take a phone call. Marge has been killed in a car accident. I drive out to Marge's home because another phone call comes to see if I will help this family alongside an elder from Roseau River First Nations put this funeral together. That long drive back to Rosenort. The empty space of a bright November sky, the harvested fields, the raw emptiness within. One tiny speck I am, one small part of this universe I drive towards the shearing pain of children who have already lost so much. I feel small. I am small. Why do I need to step in? How will I find anything to be or say in the midst of any of this? And then I hear Oliver's words. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting. We're sitting on Jim and Marge's bed. Billy, Jennifer, Sarah, and Katie. In between their cries and wails, their hugs and holding hands. One kid is pulling out Marge's sweaters from a, from a drawer. Another is going through her shoes in the closet. Another sifts through her journal, her bedside table, pile of books. Then Jennifer says, 
Bonnie, look at this. And she places a ripped on one side, thick, square piece of paper in my hand. I think we should use this for the funeral. It's so mum. Corners curled over, coffee stained and red wine stained. My handwriting. You do not have to be good. At that funeral, 13 years ago, there was a river that flowed through the heart of Marge's family, through the heart of Mary Oliver and her elder, Charlie Nelson, through the Haldemans and the Mennonite community, the Anishinaabe people from Roseau River. There was a river that flowed through the heart of every person gathering. That river flowed through the truth of Marge's soul through each one of us. We all long to belong to places like the heart of her house trailer, wild with beauty, beautifully wild, homes that reflect what we look like within, places where we can be too loud or too much and we sometimes miss each other even leave a trail of regret. Places that are always hungry for a bit more understanding because we take risks and bump up against each other. Places that get it, that one bit of love is no more important than another bit because the moment we start dictating a hierarchy of value, we flirt with the limitations and boundaries of that category called good. Places steeped in courage. Places where we do not have to be good. Because good is simply too small a place for wild, for beauty, for home. Thank you, Marge. Thank you for living our truth. We do not have to be good for showing me in your ways of outrageous generosity and deep presence how we belong in a family of things. If you think of a friend who would engage in this conversation, welcome to Pass It Along. Other reflections, writings, and retreats are found on my website, beingbeloved.ca.